Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You will say that. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And this is Dakota Johnson on Jimmy Fallon last week. What do you do with all of those limes? What you- I actually didn't even know that they were in there. I was giving the tour and went into the kitchen and they it was set dressing. I'm actually, I'm allergic to limes. Oh my, stop it now. <laughs> yeah, I'm mildly allergic. Oh, and honeydew melon. So another green thing from the outside. You're good with the honeydew melon. Oh no, and the inside. (laughs) You can't just. No one eats the outside of a honeydew melon. It's kind of beige, and then the inside is green. Yes, correct. Yes, I wouldn't eat the outside. It makes my tongue itch. She's so weird. (laughs) The thing about Dakota Johnson is, I remember this Architectural Digest video vividly because it is my favorite house they've ever shown. Yeah, you and the rest of the internet. It's it's a it's a popular video. It's an amazing house, and so the this hers is the best house, and David Harper's is the best apartment. But in the video, I was like, I know she she's like being jokey about it. I don't know why we're surprised that she's lying. She never says she likes to eat them. She just is clearly making an aesthetic choice. But then I, when you revisit it, it sounds like this. I love limes. <laughs> I love them. They're great. I love them so much. And I like to present them like this in my house. Okay. I like to present them like Here's this. The it's thing. clear the tone is. No. See, the thing is, is like <laughs> when somebody says, I love limes, you assume they love to eat them, to consume them. Mm-hmm. That is not unusual. I'm not blaming the audience for assuming that Dakota Johnson yeah. loves limes. But now in retrospect, after hearing that it was set dressing and something she was seeing for the first time, which is literally an absurd, huge bowl of limes. The, her tone <laughs> is more like, I guess I love limes. Like, here they mm-hmm. are. Like, I would, you know, like, I love limes. Uh, I love the way that they look. You know, like, she's being so dry that it comes out the other side. But when you... But then, okay, listen to the tone there where she's like, I love limes. I love them so much. I love limes. <laughs> I love them. They're great. I love them so much. And I like to present them like this in my house. It's the same exact tone that she uses with Jimmy Fallon. I'm actually, I'm allergic to limes. Oh my, stop it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm mildly allergic. It's the same. It's, you cannot tell. I, I mean, imagine being friends with this person. I mean, I would love to be friends with this person, but like you can never tell no, if she's, she's pulling your leg or she's not. She's extremely, dr- she's one of those people that would say something straight face and then be like, no, I was lying to you before. That was a joke. And you're like, when you tell a joke, you have to like, you know, your voice. I have to hear it in your tone, your but she uses the to... same tone no matter what. <laughs> Like, also, who knows what she's like in person. Maybe this is just how she is when there's a camera in her face. I do um, love I mean, that this she's... this is the same woman who shows up to Jimmy Fallon in a robe, so... <laughs> this is the funniest thing I think he's ever seen. This is hilarious. This is the worst time... This is the first time where I believe the laughter is real. I don't believe anything he does. And I don't believe anything Dakota Johnson says. Yeah, but she's funny. Ever. She is funny. She's good. What a weird person from a weird family. Oh, Jesus. What a weird girl. Okay, so now we know Dakota Johnson quote-unquote lied about limes. 
we can move on to more breaking news. I mean, there's no time for banter here. Travis Barker and Kourtney Kardashian are allegedly actually together this time. There have been rumors that they were have been together for years because they're neighbors and have like their kids have play dates, but they're always like, we're just friends. We're just friends. We're just friends. Well, well now it's romantic. They got the people source treatment, which if you believe the Ana de Armas up <gasps> breakup, then you have to believe this too because it's the same source kind of confirmation, which I know Bobby doesn't, but I do. I think I, I, I do. So I think that this is something that a lot of people who've been following this knew that they were friends were always like, oh, these two should get together. Like, they both have kids. They're both, like, adults. They see, You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. she's no, yeah, so yeah. strange, but in a compelling way. And he seems strange in, like, a normal way. And it seems mm-hmm. like they should just, like, hook up. And according to people, they are. Yeah. For, quote, a month or two. They've been dating for about a month or two. They're in Palm Springs together. They've been friends for a long time, but it's turned romantic. And then the insider keeps going, Travis has liked her for a while. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's also liked Kim. Like, find me a straight man who hasn't liked one of them, you know? In 2019, there was a thing whenever he was first rumored to be dating Kourtney Kardashian. I put the thing in the doc where it was like, it's awkward. It must be awkward that he's friends with Kourtney, seeing as how he's he once professed his uh, attraction for Kim Kardashian. Sorry, and where it's did like, that come yeah. from? What a weird insider information. Like, that's weird. It was weird. It was just like everything was the 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 coverage of their friendship was like, oh, 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 I hope it's not awkward seeing as how he said that he had a crush on Kim in 2014 or whatever. It's like, yeah, big surprise. Kim's, big an, surprise. Amal- Kim's an amalgamation. It's fine. The yeah. He had a reality show with his family on E! right around when the Kardashians first had their reality show. So I bet there's some sort of like kinship there and then they both live in the same like housing development or whatever. Yeah, and that's what he together. says like. That's what he says um, when in the Kim story, when he's like, yeah, I have a crush on Kim Kardashian. I, I once gave her reality tips because they'd known each other for a long time. And he was like, here's how you should behave on a reality show or whatever. Whatever. It's so boring. It's so boring. I kind of like it, though. But it's it's the most interesting thing that's happened to court uh, to any of the Kardashians in a while in terms of dating. Right. Like, that's interesting. You know, you might be right. <laughs> You know, divorced adults with kids. Yeah, we love. He it. no longer lives in Calabasas, though. He they were neighbors for a while, but he sold his house uh-huh. or is now just renting it out. So I don't know where he lives remember now. His ex, Shanna Mokler. I do remember her. Okay, just remember. Her. Just yeah. remember, you remember her. I do. I do. She was an interesting personality. Meet Travis. He's the ultimate musician. He's a wonderful father. Did you have good baby dreams, huh? And a hopeless romantic. Beautiful. Meet Shayna. She's an incredible woman and an awesome mom. She was Miss USA. She's an amazingly talented actress. My mother was deaf. We're getting married. And we're starting our family. We may not look like your average couple. Because our love is anything but average. Let's talk about Lily Reinhardt and Seventeen Magazine. Who is impersonating Lily Reinhardt, Lindsay? Do you know? Is it you? It's not me. It's not me. It's not me. Is I it a hooligan? I really, like, actually did... It, I really spent a lot of time confused about this. Like, what happened here? The reason it's so confusing is, like, it's so low stakes. What the person who's doing the deceiving is doing is so dull that you're like i must be getting something wrong like this isn't interesting you know it must be like 
I'm confused as to what the if it's low state. Okay, wait, hold on. We got to say what happened before we like start <laughs> thinking about it. So, Seventeen Magazine published a Q and A with Lily Reinhardt of Riverdale fame. Lily mm-hmm. Reinhardt giving an interview about what was to happen on Riverdale, which I think came back recently, maybe last night or the night before. There were new episodes. And it's like particularly interesting because Riverdale's doing like a time jump in their show. So like they're moving forward with the characters. So it's like what's happened to the characters in the X years that will have passed between this season and the next season. So this, this 17 Q&A is now taken down from the internet. It has not been aggregated or archived by it. the Wayback Machine. You literally cannot find it. But apparently it's like it basically confirms the Betty Archie relationship or something like the Barchi fandom there's the Barchi fandom and then there's the Bughead fandom which is Betty Bug Betty Jughead and Betty Archie right so there are these two like Mm -hmm. kind of competing ish fandoms and I guess this interview if I'm not wrong I was honestly was trying to I was reading so many tweets about it but it's like it confirms it it makes it look like the the Barchi relationship has quote-unquote a chance and has is real Mm -hmm. and is gonna happen right so (laughs) The tweet you put in of the fan that says, I'm crying, a Barchi impersonated Lily Reinhardt and got published. Sob, sob, sob. Question, question, question. <laughs> Where it's like, even the people who are saying that it's true aren't necessarily certain whether or not it's true because right. not many people saw the published interview. So there's like, even a somebody quoted it, quote, there's a very emotional scene we are shooting in February and both KJ and I are looking forward to working on it. So like, there are these weird lie. quotes that are like fake, but that fans were tweeting when this first originally dropped and then before it disappeared it wasn't up for very long because apparently mm-hmm. the person who gave the interview was not lily reinhardt at all so mm-hmm. 17 takes it down they publish today we briefly published a story with information we were thing. led to believe was from lily reinhardt however it was brought to our <laughs> attention that the person who contacted us was in fact an impersonator and had no connection to the riverdale star okay And then she reposts that statement and wrote, for some bizarre reason, somebody impersonated me with an an interview with Seventeen Magazine. Nothing inappropriate was said, but those were not my words and I wanted to address it. And it's so weird because she's right. Like, it's bizarre in the way that it's not actually – nothing was said that was, like, that controversial on the Mm -hmm. front, like, on on the face of it all. But what the was, act itself is more bizarre than anything they said. Right, because what they said had more to do with plot points that probably are not accurate or something. Like, So it feels even more likely that the impersonator was somebody from this fandom because they wanted to, A, make it believable, even though they, it, it obviously it got caught quickly, and yeah. B, put out there the information about the, the relationship and the fandom or whatever, confirm the relationship. It's weird. It's such a weird... Like, what happened? I mean, the only... The thing I think that is the weirdest is that the only way this happens... And I mean, correct me if you think I'm wrong. But the only way this happens is if Lily Reinhardt reaches out to Seventeen directly. You don't accidentally, like, email the wrong, like, lily at lilyreinhardtmail.com, you know? Like... This is coming from the person, and Seventeen believed it. It's not like Seventeen sought someone out. I don't understand a situation that wasn't the impersonator reaching out to Seventeen saying, hey, want to interview me? Which should have been the first red flag. Unless they also impersonated a publicist and Lily Reinhardt. It's it's controversial because it's like, 
there are also people who think that it was real, but then the fandoms got so mad that they took it down. And this is like damage to, to covering that up, but it's never like it's never that complicated. It's always the easiest. No. It, it, yeah, no. like because feels... Lily, Lily knows better than to than to reveal secrets like that. I think that Lily's been doing this too long to reveal things she shouldn't be revealing. You know. But it really made people mad. <laughs> I mean, it mostly just confuses me. How did they get reached out to in the first place? And what was the red flag post-publication that made them delete it? And you want to tell us what happened? <laughs> 619 who them? 619. We don't have to them. play it. Or we could play it with your voice changed. I just really want to know from just somebody who's done a lot of interviews like this before, what actually happened here with this interview? Was mm-hmm. it... It had to have been over email. It had to have not been a phone call. That's, or you know what I mean? Like how? Maybe I don't even know that that's true. You know, like maybe it's someone like, doing the did full Lily Mr. Reinhardt, Ripley. like the real Lily <laughs> like, Reinhardt at gmail.com email them, and they were like, "Well, I guess this is the real Lily Reinhardt." They've done interviews with her before, so I'm just like very confused. the talented Lily Reinhardt. The talented Lily Reinhardt. This is very <laughs> strange. Who is impersonating Lily Reinhardt, and how did you do it? And I really do think that the, in order for this impersonation to have gone off without a hitch, they needed to impersonate two people. They needed to impersonate a publicist and Lily Reinhardt. Because why would Lily Reinhardt be like, hi, 17, it's me, Lily, interested in an interview? Like, that's right. immediately fake. Right. You would or have to somebody do the from the man. CW or like somebody from the, <laughs> from the show. It's very yeah. weird. And it had to have been all over email, I guess. Maybe mm-hmm. not like it had to have been in text. God. And maybe the impersonator did a Lily Reinhardt voice. I don't know what a Lily Reinhardt voice sounds like, but there's a chance. But it's like so much more sus that what happened, the reveal was just Can a I keep boring my camera Q&A. Off? Like, like the Jasmine Sullivan interview. Can I keep my camera off? But the thing is, is like, that's even what, even that's even harder to do the voice or whatever. It se- God, I'm so confused as to mm-hmm. what and what happened here. And there really is... No one really knows what happened. The, the information is really not out there. So I hope that they follow up. Maybe they can write about it or something. That's interesting. Finally, something I'd read on Seventeen magazine. I mean, I feel like it's something that'll be on the cut. Like, what happened with the Seventeen man? An inve- a deep dive, an investigation into what what went wrong at Seventeen magazine. Well, it's also somewhere weird else. because it went up apparently, mm-hmm. and no one got screenshots of it. You can't even find the original. But I mean, it's just kind of crazy. Like. What was the realization process of it all? It's like, do you think that they get, they put it up and then somehow reached out to the real Lily, or, or like, how did that even? Or Riverdale saw it really quickly. The P, the PR people from Riverdale and said this isn't true, or like, it's all very confusing. But if you have any details, let us know because it's like there are so many possibilities. All we can do is speculate at this point. But like, you're right. The weirdest thing is that. There are no screenshots of this anywhere. It's not cached. It's not saved. You know, the fans, the Riverdale fans would screenshot stuff immediately and it's nowhere. It's almost like without 17's official statement, I would be willing to believe that this is the entire thing is fake. Like the entire, like none of this ever happened. (laughs) But it's just, there's not a lot of like clarification around what even happened. So it's like, all we have are these tweets from fans who are even trying to explain it to each other because even they don't even get what happened here. 
which who do you think you could successfully impersonate to oh Seventeen Magazine or any magazine? God. <laughs> which the question is, which ship would I impersonate to defend to the death? You know, yeah. Um, which who could I? I don't know. I could do a. I could do a lot of them. Uh, over email, yeah, for sure. Yeah, oh. no problem, babe. No problem. What could I do? Lucy Hale, the real Lucy Hale at gmail.com. I'm like, yeah, just pretending I'm do, Lucy Hale. I could do Maggie Gyllenhaal. Why would you? I could do her. What would you give an interview about? Just like up- anything upcoming projects. My new house. I talked to Architectural <laughs> Digest about my new house over email. <laughs> over email. My new, my new, my new apartment in wherever. Maggie Gyllenhaal just releases an Instagram that's like, I don't know who that was, but it wasn't me. <laughs> I don't know why anyone would do that. And you're like, I know for the challenge, for the skill, for the game. For the record, I don't have a clawfoot tub in my brand new Brooklyn Heights apartment. <laughs> um, I don't know who says I did, but I do not have a new clawfoot tub. She would in my own new you Heights so apartment. hard for getting her aesthetic wrong because you would get at least a few details off. And I would then... get some details. Uh, to be on, to be fair, about seventy five percent of what this impersonator said was spot on. The rest of it, however, <laughs> all fabricated. We used to have separate desks, and then we sort of landed on sharing a desk. We do have our own separate sections, like that's your section, and this is my section. These are all magnetic, and I just hang up pictures and yeah. ideas and things that are inspiring me. Speaking of the biz. We'll do this pretty quickly because there isn't much to say, but it is interesting in a way that Hollywood Life... You love a woman in business. Hollywood Life, who, which was started by Bonnie Fuller, who is best known for her Us Weekly work, by me at least. Um, mm-hmm. She kind of revitalized Us Weekly in 2002. She well, she launched it for Winner and uh, she was before that. She was at Marie Claire and she was at Cosmo and her, Cosmo. her Us Weekly is the Us Weekly we see today. And she started Hollywood Life and then uh, gave it, uh, sold it a piece of it or whatever to Penske Media, PMC. And now mm-hmm. she, she announced that she's buying it back, which is exciting. It's all her. It's, it's exciting her. because. Bonnie Fuller's Hollywood Life. Hollywood Life logo. has, I feel like Hollywood Life is not my go-to go-to, but it's pretty solid. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And I think it could be more fun. They're dependable. And I think she will make it, maybe if she has full power, make it more fun. I think that they're a, I think that they're just a dependable, a dependable site. Like it, 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 I think it does exactly what she wanted to do, which is to put the print tabloid aesthetic online. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of places have tried to mimic that, like uh, E! News has, and um, even the the tabloid official tabloid websites, Star, In Touch, OK, are like kind of clunky online. Hollywood Life feels like I don't know. It feels it's fun to read, and it has that it has that print aesthetic. It's yeah. bright and it's cheesy, but I think with like her just as the helm and not like a media group behind it, she could really mm-hmm. like run with a lot of weird stuff, fun stuff. And I'm like excited. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna start like really reading it now. I mean, I, I read it, but like it's more like in an RSS reader that I. And they kind get of comb sources, through. and they get sources. It's just like one of the few, and it's because of the Bali, Bonnie Fuller angle. It's just one of the few online only tabloid sites like that doesn't have a print. Well, also, so many of these tabloids are owned by these bigger kind of same place. So it's nice to like mm-hmm. have an independent spot. You know, like a lot, there are a lot of independent spots. I just mean like the biggies are all owned by like the same company. So they get the same information almost 
But if you mm-hmm. if you clock out the places that are actually separate, then it can be really nice to go there because you're getting some different stuff. I think that humans have an innate desire to know the latest, to have information. And I think it probably goes back to uh, a means of survival. Like those who had the most information, those were the people that survived. <sighs> okay. Moving on. What's next? Oh God. No, okay. this is kind of good actually. I love this. Out. No, I love this. And the more the more I read about it, the more interesting and exciting. Well, that because this all I gets. didn't know I don't watch Southern Charm because it feels Neither like such a mess. And like mm-hmm. I'm sure it was good at one point, but if you are if I'm watching Southern Charm in 2021, no, that can't be me. I'm not doing that. I'm not watching it in this year. And this person's fairly new to the cast, too. So, like, Madison right. LaCroix is, isn't even an OG Southern Charmer. Sure, but Madison LaCroix and uh, Austin Kroll were involved <laughs> on the show. And they mm-hmm. have their own plot line within that universe of Southern Charm. Again, I don't watch it, so I'm not interested in whatever but I I was listening to our friend Danny Pellegrino on his podcast talk about them because he watches the show and he was talking about their their relationship being very messy being very short-lived I think mm-hmm. and I was just like this is interesting because what's happening is these two are making a concerted effort to go after Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler and here's the thing I wouldn't fuck with Kristen Cavallari no I wouldn't fuck with her I would do whatever it took to be on Kristen Cavallari's good okay, side. Okay, sorry. It's very Cavallari. We, Cavallari. I always think. I always say Cavallari as in Calamari, but it's not Cavallari, Calamari. It's Cavallari because right. it's, it's very, very Cavallari. Cavallari. So It rhymes. Who screamed that at me once? It rhymes. I feel like it was Jeff. It rhymes. We got it. <laughs> it helps me remember how to say it. But I guess, okay, so yes. here's the thing. What happened here? Most recently, most recently, we have a Madison LaCroix who was apparently dating Jay Cutler briefly. Jay Cutler and Kristen Cavallari broke up or are getting a divorce last year. last year. He came out as being like, I love Trump. It's like, oh, you're disgusting. We we do and not then she stand. came out as being like, I don't care about the pandemic because she was going right. all over town, right. going on dates, right. never in a mask, mask who, very Cavallari. But they are part of this Nashville microcosm of reality stars because the um, Hollywood of the South is in Nashville now. And apparently, like, no, seriously, like, all no, of these, like, conservative kind of Hollywoody people are like, I'd rather move to Nashville than Hollywood. Don't ask. It's like this whole thing. So they're part of that as well, right, now, Jay and Kristen. And so yes. she... Uh, starts dating this comedian named Jeff or whatever. I don't really know anything about him, but apparently they're broken up now. And he apparently gets involved with this Southern Charm person, Madison LaCroix, because she just posted these text messages of them messaging. And it was kind of like him accusing her of leaking private information, which if you date somebody from a reality show, they're probably going to leak your private information. Like, who you kidding, Jay? Yeah. You know? Well, it it gets... It's it's weird because she was asked... As someone, again, I don't follow Southern Charm, but, like, there were rumors that she was dating him before she dropped these receipts. Right, and they... Like, early, late December, early January. Well, Madison, you weren't scared to disinvite Austin from his former party, so I have a feeling that you're not scared to diss him either. So I have questions about the end of your relationship. Tell me, what is the last text that you sent Austin? I hate you. Wow. When when did you send that? Like earlier Recently. today? Recently. Recently. Yeah. Okay. 
And almost to kind of kill the rumors or kill the momentum of the story, these two, Jay and Kristen, drop a picture together. And they say, yes. the world is a full joint of users, they- 10 years, can't break that. People thought they were literally getting back together, which is like, no, mm-hmm. clearly what this image means is like, if you're going to spread rumors about us, we're going to be aware of you. You know, we're on the same team and we're going to kill you. <laughs> Solidarity against the liars. We will Solidarity kill you. <laughs> against the lying, against the lying reality stars. But like what what happens is like she was on Watch What Happens Live at the beginning of January or the end of December. And Andy Cohen is like, so I heard that you might be dating Jay Cutler. Well, she, okay, he asked her to respond to rumors that her ex, this guy Austin Kroll, was hanging out with Kristen. What did you think of Austin hanging out with Kristen Cavallari? Did did you watch any of their adventures on Instagram? I was busy having my own adventure, but no, I did not. An adventure of the Jay Cutler kind? I'm not kissing and tailing. So, quote, she came to town with her friend Justin Anderson and the four of us with Craig Conover had dinner, Kroll33 told us while chatting about his popular Instagram pics. We'd all been in contact ever since. We're in this like big group old chat. group chat and the group cool. chat is active. We had a blast with them and I'm going to take a trip to see them in Nashville sometime soon. If you look at the text that Jay allegedly sent her, I think I was like, what was he directly mad at or responding to? Because at one point in the text, he says, um... I respect you, she says. I have done nothing but respect you and your privacy. I respect you and I respect your family and I would never say anything to jeopardize you and your family. And he goes, didn't seem like that was the case. Maybe it was accidental. I don't know. No one wants this mess. I I appreciate you saying this. So it's sort of like, I feel like, what was Jay mad at her about? And I'm like, well, was it this? There's a was part he of mad the text at her for saying, that I think her text might be missing because someone mm-hmm. pointed this out to me too. He says, do you want to hang out next weekend? No message back. Okay, don't stress about it. I bought the flight yesterday because it was the last oh, direct yeah, one. It yeah. doesn't work. We can change it. No response back. Okay, she deleted perfect. her response. So I think she re- deleted some of her responses on that end because he's talking. It looks like he's talking to no one. Then mm-hmm. the next texts come a lot later in their conversation. It's almost like she's proving that they that he wanted to hang out with her, but then saw you're also seeing kind of the downfall of that relationship or towards the end of or maybe now more present yeah. time where he's like, why are you leaking stuff about us hanging out? Why are you talking about us hanging out? The thing that she says on Watch What Happens Live essentially confirms that she's seeing him because right. she says, I don't kiss and She tell. posts a selfie with him and says, too bad it didn't work out. Like she knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Originally, when I saw the Kristen and Jay stuff, I didn't know any of this context. I was like, what is this? These two are freaks. I'm scared of them. No, thank you. But it turns out that it's a direct response to all of this. It's like, oh, these Southern Charm C-list reality stars think that they can come after us? Right. Absolutely not. And honestly, they're right. They they can't. They can't. (laughs) They can't. They can't. They absolutely cannot. I had never heard of this Madison LaGroy person outside of Stray Headlines. And I was just looking up, like, what sort of coverage does this woman get? The Southern Charm cast dishes on Madison LaCroix spreading an STD rumor. So she spread a rumor that someone gave someone else chlamydia. And then <laughs> um, I feel like this quote perfectly encapsulates Madison LaCroix based on what I know about her. It was an attack. Instead of discussing what was going on, LaCroix attacked with something that was just so not related. The chlamydia stuff. She was throwing her boyfriend under the bus. She was throwing everyone under the bus. So I was like, "This that's who this woman she is. She loves she throwing people, people under, under the, the bus. bus. She's constantly throwing right. people under the bus. Just yeah. watch out if you're next to Madison LaCroix and a bus because 
in a few she seconds you're going to be under the bus. Under the bus. She knows the bus schedule and she will throw you under the bus. <laughs> she, knows she knows when the bus Madison is coming. LaCroix knows the bus schedule. That's what they say about her. She knows That's the it. bus schedule. Madison LaCroix, she knows the bus schedule. She knows the bus schedule. But it was spoke about it oh, freaking God. See, you, see, I deal in facts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Want to know facts? Y- yeah. What do you <laughs> think you know about me? The, the, what I, do I think I know about you? Yeah. I have nothing to hide. You, you are? sure about that? N- yeah. I heard you gave her chlamydia. <laughs> what? <laughs> Speaking of realities, non-realities, and cheating. Well, it's more just because, like, there's so much Bachelor stuff, you know? Like, you could really, like, spend... You could It, ha- it could have its own podcast. And it does. Mm-hmm. So many people have Bachelor It podcasts. has a billion. And like bachelor people have bachelor right, podcasts. and so I think for our purposes, we always say we we like to take the stuff out that feels genuinely surprising or goes into kind of the real life zone, and this one kind mm-hmm. of does. It's more because they based a whole COVID surprise season around these two who got engaged mm-hmm. after meeting for like two minutes, and then she it's left like, wow, the true show. Love, right? They built- she sabotaged a season of the show because she was so in love with this guy. Sabotage. I mean, it probably got more. View- I mean, it probably gave yeah. the show more attention than it had gotten in years or whatever. But yeah, she sabotaged the show. She left the show <laughs> so she could like get engaged to this guy, Dale Moss. Remember, he was the one who modeled the um all of the Halloween costumes. All the Halloween costumes Little, at Party City. Yeah. yeah, he's the former football player. She's Claire. I don't know anything about her other than he's the former football player and she's Claire. She's Claire. So now they're saying now these people have been in the real world for like, you know, a few months. They've been dating for, quote unquote, four months. They're in what Mm -hmm. they were engaged. I don't know about engagement because they never really were on the show for that long. Uh, And they're splitting up. They've broken up. They both they both released these statements. Hers was on a pretty pink background. Uh, and his is clearly an Instagram story one. He wrote, I wanted to share with you all that Claire and I have decided to go our separate ways, blah, blah, blah. And then she wrote, I was made aware of a mutual statement at the same time you all were. So I've needed some, I need some time to just, so I've, so I've needed some time to really digest this. Speaking for myself, my intentions with this relationship have always been clear. So the truth is I am crushed. This is not what I was expecting, blah, blah. So it's weird that he wrote, Oh, on behalf of of Claire and I, we're breaking up. And then she wrote, yeah, "Who are you first. talking for?" Like, I we never spoke about like releasing a statement together. Like, I'm pissed. I'm sad. Mm-hmm. I wanted to. So work he more. says, he just shows up on Instagram and says, "We're broken up. We came to the decision." And then she's like, "Hold the phone. We're what? No one told me about this." Well, almost like. Almost like she knew they were having issues and maybe going to break up, but she really wanted to work on it more and wasn't ready to announce that they were broken up. That's more yeah. how I'm seeing this. Versus That's how like, I'm seeing it too. Yeah. Because I just don't, I don't believe, it's hard for me to believe that reality stars of all people can't be a little more perceptive, you know, like they must know when the other shoe's going to drop. Right. You know, like, I, and they're also very good at mining drama where there may not be a lot of drama, but... This is good drama, if it is even remotely true, that, like, this guy goes behind her back and releases a statement saying that they're, like, broken up and that they both came to this decision and she realizes that they broke up like, based on an Instagram he's trying post. To, he knows that he's going to be the villain and so he's like, let's yes. release it with us, like, with that we both came to this agreement. And she's like, nah, uh sweetie, like, 
I'm not the villain, you're the villain. Like we, yeah, you can't speak for me. Now that the news of Bachelorette couple Claire Crawley and Dale Moss's engagement is out, they're sharing with people how they're settling into life after the show. Looking for a house here in Sacramento with my mom being sick, This it's important to me to be here. And Dale understands that and respects it. And I mean, there, it's not even a question. We were talking about it yesterday and I'm like, are you sure you like Sacramento? As we were driving around and he's like, wherever you are, wherever we are, like that's home, that's what it is. And it's not saying it's a permanent thing, but for now, that's what we want to do. Yeah. Babies is up, and uh, there is never a rush to it. And the thing about reality stars is like, if you're the type of person who wants to go in a reality star, there's a pretty good chance that you're like very comfortable being the villain. Like you don't mind. I don't know. Like the threat of being a villain doesn't necessarily turn people, you off from doing a thing. Well, I think people think they they want to be the villain. And then when they're the villain, they're like, I didn't sign up for this. Or like, this isn't as fun as I thought it would be. I mean, I don't know. I think there are some people who are fit to be the villain. Spencer Pratt being one of them and they love it. But like, I do think that some people don't know what they're what what they're signing up for. I guess what I mean is that like in the general population there's x percentage of people who th think that they'd really be happy being the villain, but in a reality show pool that percentage is a lot higher. <laughs> like I feel like oh, it's true. more likely well, to attract people who want to be the villain. Yeah, well also if you're like you know, if you are ego if you a big ego person you're a big narcissist if you, you little you love attention then yes you mm -hmm. you'll take whatever attention you can get even if it's negative attention uh you know all press is good press but the point is is that if you read the tabloids you you're reading that it, there's a maybe a chance that he cheated on her so we mm -hmm. have a mystery woman involved you know we love Ugh. a mystery woman and she has a name her name is eleanor srugo she was identified as the mystery woman that Dale Moss was spotted having dinner with at Cipriani, which this is the my Cipriani favorite. Wall Street. This is my favorite detail. Cipriani is Wall they're having Street. dinner at Cipriani. First of all, mid pandemic, mind you, I don't even know inside, outside, who knows, but it seems crazy. Probably outside. Yeah, they're having dinner at Cipriani, and the sources say sources say that it. Definitely. Well, e, e! News had their people say it definitely looked like a date. Dale looked really smiley and happy with her. They were laughing and flirting. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then. However, a source told page six that Surgo was sitting at a different table that night and is not one of the women pictured next to Moss in mm -hmm. the photo being circulated online. We're told the woman sitting directly next to Crawley's former fiance is model Brooks Nader, who is married to Billy Hare. Earlier in the day, Paparazzi captured photos of Moss, Nader, and Rachel Hilbert grabbing lunch in New York and attending a Hugo Boss event. It appears the group went for drinks at Cipriani downtown where Moss happened to run into Srugo. Quote, mm -hmm. you don't go to Cipriani if you're cheating, a source said. <laughs> you go there to be seen. That's we know an that to be amazing true. clapback to like... Oh, he's at Cipriani cheating. It's like, no, like you wouldn't go, you wouldn't take your like secret boo, your mystery woman to Cipriani because everybody is fucking there. Even Fergie, who took the train all the way downtown. All the way from Columbus Circle to Cipriani Wall Street <laughs> in the middle of a tropical storm. Hey, what's up? So we're taking the subway because a tropical storm hit New York and we had to get from Columbus Circle to... She still went because she wanted to be seen. She wanted to be seen. I will say like this, like this, like kind of this, this bitchy source snapping back with this, like, you don't go to Cipriani unless you want to be seen. I believe that. I buy that. 
I mean, and it's a tone. It's an angry, annoyed tone uh, that suggests to me, because this is page six, reaching out to a realtor at a prominent real real estate company, Douglas Elliman. So it's like, it doesn't seem unlikely that they could have directly called up uh, Sarugo. So like... She could have just been doing in, a job trying to sell this guy in an apartment mind, in New York. The person saying, you don't go to Cipriani if you're cheating, you go to the scene is Rugo. <laughs> like, that's how I'm picturing it. Well, I just Because it's love, such a snippy tone. I love that, like, this... It, this also could have caused them to break up. Like, it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be like he's cheating. It's just like, who are all these women you're having lunch with and, like, meeting at Cipriani and, like, what is going yeah. on here? So it didn't even have to be these... It doesn't have to be Eleonora. It can just be an amalgamation of all of these, like, bad things. And Claire's like, I'm over it. You know, so that can be what it is, too. Yeah. Well, he's the one who wanted to be over it, but yeah. Right. Oh, right. Because because we're assuming he's that the one he who said it first it. and they didn't really have the conversation that it was over. Because her statement yeah. makes it seem like, I really wanted us to try, like, couples counseling or whatever. And he's like, fuck you. I'm going to Cipriani. There's so many women there. Yeah, Do you know like, how many women are at see- Cipriani? I want to be seen at Cipriani downtown. I might run into Fergie. <laughs> We're going to tell you about a new show called Jocular, hosted by ER Fightmaster, whom we've talked about on the podcast before, T.N. Tran and Katie Kershaw. They're comedians, they're writers, and they're also best friends who are obsessed with women's sports. Kind of like I'm becoming obsessed with women's sports. <laughs> you sort are. Of, kind you of. Are. A little you bit. Are. You are. They're exploring all things queer, trans, and women-focused in the world of sports, and in each episode, they'll cover the latest games, debate pressing issues, and review how they're all really horny for basically everyone in the game. This is, every time I talk to someone who's a fan of women's sports, like a genuine fan of women's sports, not like a newbie like me, they're like, horny, 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 horny. I'm horny for all of them. I know. They're always crushing on people in the game. But that's why it's like we need a podcast that's not us to kind of tell us what we're supposed to care about, who we're supposed to care about, who's hot and who's sexy and who we're paying attention to. Yes. And that's what Jocular is for. Friends and experts will join to share their takes on sports ranging from women's basketball to soccer to power slapping. I don't even know what power slapping is, but I'm in. So tune in every Friday for new episodes of Jocular on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts now. I was in Florida this past weekend, and guess what was the talk of the town? Your mom's aura frame? The aura frame. The aura frame kept, it was scrolling through every photo. I was like, oh, oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. Oh, there. I'm like, where'd they get that photo? There's always a photo where I'm like, where'd they get that photo? How'd they get that photo? I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she <laughs> sends me a text gift, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No, I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of? You know? They love to steal from, and they love to just screenshot and not yeah. crops. It'll just oh. be like a cropped iPhone It'll just be photo a full that's Instagram. on the aura frame. Exactly, with it. comments and everything. It'll just be on, <laughs> it'll be zoomed in sometimes, so it's extra blurry. But you know what? That's how easy it is to get the photos on the aura frame because my parents can figure out how to do it. Do they do yes. it well? No, but do they do it? Yes. And the other thing that's great about aura frames, when you give them to your mom, your mother, a mother in your life, a mother mm-hmm. figure, it's a great Mother's Day gift, whoever the mother in your life is. You can connect it to your oh, yeah. aura app. And, and you, you can, can just photos. send them photos. You right. can, if they approve it, you can just put photos and kind of troll them and have fun and put random photos. I do it to Lindsay sometimes. Yeah, he does. Um, you can do it to your mom. 
My mom gave me access because she likes putting. You gotta be careful. You gotta be a little careful with that, but you you could do it. But you should do it. Gotta be a little bit careful. But Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, and they come with unlimited storage because it's all in the cloud. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful, it's not another sweater. She'll love that an Aura frame means she gets to see more of you. So right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code WHO at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Salt and Peppa. I think Salt Here's the thing. Salt and Peppa, them, individually, do we think they're who's? Uh, yes. I don't think... Like, do we I think, think Cheryl James and Sandra Denton? Salt, yeah, because I don't think anyone... I don't think everyone's like, yeah, I know who Salt... I could name Salt. I could name Peppa. But we know Salt and salt Peppa. And Salt and Peppa, the band. The question is, is Spinderella a who or a them? Within the band, she's a them. But I think kind of outside, maybe a who. They kind of hooed her. I think outside, They said. did the job of hooing her. So, Spinderella was... Why are we talking about uh, Salt and Peppa? Because they just had their Lifetime biopic. Lifetime biopics... A big deal in 2021. The Wendy Williams biopic on Lifetime premieres on the 30th well, of January. True that whether the movie is good or bad, you still get that bump of kind of attention when the biopic comes out. To get the most out of life, you gotta push for it. Push away fear. Push away boundaries. Push yourself and push each other. No matter what life throws your way, just keep pushing like we did. Salt and Pepper, the movie event, premieres Saturday at 8 on Lifetime. Their movie, I didn't want, I only watched a little bit of it. It was, it was okay. I wouldn't say it was like incredible. I don't think any of these movies are incredible, but you know. No, they're not know. incredible. The Wendy Williams one might be incredible. The Wendy Williams one might be <laughs> like art, but you know. And also you never forget that Salt and, Salt and Peppa are in the, they are, they're involved in the making of the movie. So it's always yes. like, they're always the, and so is Wendy. So you have a little bit of that there where you have to remember that it's like they're involved. They're doing a ton of press. This movie got a ton of press. It got, they were on Today Show. They were on The Breakfast Club. They were on talk shows. Just like salt and pepper are everywhere. You know who's not everywhere talking to the talk shows? Spinderella, who is, again, her name is Deidre Roper. So after the movie premieres, and there's no way Spinderella didn't know that this movie was happening, but she saved her comments. in the movie. It's not like she's not in the movie. These headlines make it seem like Spinderella isn't in the movie. And her character is actually part of the story, but she was not part of the creative team, a.k.a. she wasn't given a cut of the proceeds. She wasn't given any sort of producer or or executive producer credit or anything like that. So it's like the TMZ headlines, all of them are like the TMZ headlines, which is Spinderella trashes Salt and Pepper Biopic. You wrongfully excluded me. I was like, are they just cutting her out of the story? That's like, what I thought. But I was like, that's that's. And I was like, how can you do that? Because everybody knows that they're in it. Out? Right. right. But no, she's just not in it. So she waited until the movie came out to release like a Twitter thread where she says it begins with sorry but I got to speak on the Lifetime special which is too kind often of bl- crazy I have to say because she's giving the movie press if she's trying to disparage the movie you're doing the opposite like any press is good press I didn't know the movie was coming out now until I saw those the headlines that were like Spinderella claps back at the Salt and Peppa Lifetime movie I was like oh the movie's coming out but also she wouldn't have gotten this much attention had it not been tied to the movie you know like i think she it was the right time to do it but 
it's also going to give the movie higher ratings, I guess, in in result of it. But she says, sorry, but I got to speak on this Lifetime special. Too often, black women who have made meaningful contributions in their industry are left out of historical narratives. Back when salt and Pepper was building Our Legacy, the, the Our there, Our Legacy, which is rooted in empowering women, I could not have dreamed that this same group would one day disempower me. Words cannot fully express my disappointment when I learned a decision was made. If your main message is empowering women and your music speaks to that, it is kind of contradictory and actually works more harder against you to treat a, a woman in your band like this, whether or not she's a founding member, whether or not uh, she, you know, whatever the reason is, it, it you kind of, that's hypocritical. Yeah. That's what the, that's what the most glaring aspect of all this is to me. And that's what her argument is. And she makes it clear. She's like, this is a problem. I'm, I feel like I'm a woman being silenced by another woman. That's what I'm mad at. And she's like, I'm not mad at Monique Paul, who is the, the actor who plays uh, not even a who like has only been in like two things, but plays Spinderella in the movie. But it's like I, she's great in it. I just wish I could have shared my perspective with her. Like I wish I would have had a little bit of creative input in this story, but I was not given the opportunity to have creative input. And this, in case you forgot, which I forgot, Spinderella was a member of Salt and Pepper until two years ago, like from 1987 to 2019. They had their fallout. They had a fallout that we do not really know many details over. She was fired. Like, every report is that she was terminated from the band. She was asked to leave. But after that happened, we never got a reason why. And then at one point, she sued salt and Peppa for, I think, wrongful termination or some sort of thing. And they settled out of court. So, like, all of this stuff is of gray area. We don't really know what happened between these three people, but we do know that Salt and Peppa are like still joined in the hip just like your Salt and Peppa canisters in your kitchen. Like they're not separating anytime soon. Mine aren't joined at the hip. Your ours aren't. They are next to each other, but they're not like connected. Yeah. Well, they're not like those hugging ones, the hugging ones, you know? But they're, you know, but they go hand in hand. But they go go hand in hand. I have a salt. I got a, uh, someone gave me this like free pair of, but it's it's a pepper grinder and a salt grinder. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what am I going to do with it? I hate a salt grinder. It's so, I just want to mm-hmm. shake the salt. I like sprinkling yeah. the salt with my fingers. And it's this, you have to put a Me special too. salt in the grinder to make it work. And I'm just like, this sucks. Anyway, Get rid of it. I'm, I, but then, but they look good as a pair. You know, you don't want to separate salt and pepper just I like know. this. So I salt and pepper. I need a new pepper grinder. I need a new pepper grinder. I've been salt and pepper. Yeah, I know. A good, good pepper grinder is a game changer. Key. So, yeah. oh my God. But so salt and pepper go on. They're doing their tour. They're getting a lot of press. They, they're. They're doing great. Like, salt and pepper are not like who's. They're not like a, they're vintage, they're nostalgia, but they're not like, wow, I haven't heard from them in a while. Like, they're around. And so they go on Breakfast Club and they say this It's going to cost us $50,000 every time we say that name. So, yeah, <laughs> really? Really? Well, no, our, loss, our lawsuit is, has been, been settled. It actually got sent to, <laughs> it got sent to mediation and we, and it's, it's been done. Um, the Spinderella thing, I'm going to try to keep it real short, Please. but what people, I don't know if they realize, and I think when you see the movie is first of all, Salt and Pepper were friends. We had a male DJ, right? First, um, we had the, the first Spinderella and then we did the whole, um, Hot, Cool and Vicious album and Herbie brought in this Spinderella. At that point, we were already established as salt and pepper. We were already established as a company together. We are partners, always have been partners. Spinderella was an addition 
to what we had already created. Listening to that, even the way that she starts it with like, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but... But it's like, hon, <laughs> this is why your movie on Lifetime is getting any attention. So like, you better spend time on it because like, this is the drama that like you created, but it's like selling the movie. So I don't know. I just, I'm very like, okay. But and any she press says, is good press for this type of shit. She says that... By the time Spinderella came in, she was like, we were already salt and pepper. Like, she was not really involved in the formation of this group. They were saying that Spinderella was a character that yeah, they, they it's like their DJ, they called Spinderella. There was a different Spinderella. She was the new Spinderella, very much <laughs> like on a TV show where they replace the actor with yeah. the, the, the same character. Well, that's happened a few times. Yeah, very Becky from Roseanne. You know, Becky like, from Roseanne. Uh, but this but this Spinderella is was the fi- second and final Spinderella. Like yeah. she she had that quote unquote role, which she then is now has made her identity for many, mm-hmm. many, many, many years up until you fired her in 2019 or whatever. Yeah. Salt does say that she reached out to her. She says that she reached out to her. She goes, I reached out to her, but I haven't gotten anything back. <laughs> hun, read the read the tabloids. I keep calling her hun. Read the tabloids, girl. Read the tabloids. She's there. Um, but so we don't really know what happened, but I feel like this has been the case for the past few years with Salt and Puppet. We don't really know the 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 nitty-gritty, but I know that's true. Interesting. Anyways, uh what's next on this hellish list today? So the Daily Mail published this. This is an entirely a Daily Mail joint. This all comes from them. Um, this They're, isn't even one of those sued things. For it. <laughs> not to say that, and I don't. I, I'm going to say this not to say that we know a lot of celebrity rumors in advance that we don't talk about. But I feel like if this sort of thing would have been called about, you know, if this were real yeah. in a way, like we would have been like, "Have you heard the rumors that Jane Krakowski is dating my pillow guy?" Like those ha- those weren't even rumblings in in our realm. That's not to but say they, they were rumblings in other realms. Like they, they made it seem like they were rumbling. Like they were. Everywhere. In the West Village and that people, quote unquote, neighbors in the West Village were seeing these people out and about this open secret walking around smooching or doing whatever. And that to me is what's so confusing because it's like, it's like, oh, everyone knew. It's, it's like, like what? people knew that my pillow CEO, this asshole was dating Jane Krakowski. Who yeah. is my pillow CEO? That's the thing is, I hate this because we have to explain who he is. He's a big financial Trump backer. Yeah, who, he's the guy who, who invented the some dumb pillow. pillow. Yeah, it's this, it's just like a stupid. I don't want to talk about it's this guy. Scammy. He's a he's a he he founded this company that has the the the, the my pillow. They're basically the only advertiser on Fox News. He's a big Republican donor. He's made so much fucking money. He's worth like hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, he loves Donald Trump, and he's just kind of a sleazy guy, okay? So that's who he is. That's all you need to know. Very outspoken conservative man, which is weird considering that Jane Krakowski, who, while I guess she doesn't have, like, a, a loud and proud political affiliation, is, like, kind of a gay icon, and, like, you think of her as, like, the Hollywood elite in a way. You're like, the liberal oh, Hollywood definitely. elite. That's sort of what oh, you would definitely. think about Jane Krakowski. If you told definitely. me she voted for Trump, would I be surprised? Probably not. But would she be dating such an out-and-proud Trump supporter? That's shocking, and that's what this is saying. So it says exclusive. Trump-loving MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell had secret romance with 30 Rock actress Jane Krakowski and wooed her with flowers and champagne in relationship that Baffled all caps her friends. It's a very Jenna Maroney subplot, you know? This is Jenna Maroney behavior. But that's and what I'm saying. It's like people were laughing at this because they were like, this is like Jenna Maroney, not mm-hmm. Jane. Wait, you're actually considering this? Of course I'm considering it. 
You know I've always reminded myself of Grace Kelly. I'm not going to be gorgeous forever. Who knows how long this show will last, and I have no other skills whatsoever. I need to find someone who can take care of me. Yeah, I don't think Gerhardt can take care of you. And I can get past someone's looks. Since when? I'm an actress, Liz. It would be my greatest role of all time. You've already made up your mind about this, haven't you? Oh, you're right, Liz. I should go for it. You're not even listening, are you? Poop. Monkey butt. No, you're a good friend. I do think, though, that Jane Krakowski is another one of those comedians. And I think this is a the, the, the curse of the comedian, where it's like, the comedian persona is one thing, and the real-life persona is a completely different thing. Like, I think yeah. he's not actually... Fun. as cool as people think <laughs> which yeah, is fine no, which I is know. completely fine i just think right. that and i think that's usually the case with celebrities but when it's one thing whenever your character is completely absurd and over the top and you're like absolutely not that and i think that's what jane krakowski is so that's another reason why jane krakowski is good at what she does but a lot of what jane well a lot of what you love about jane krakowski is tina fey's writing mm -hmm. is for her is what you're experiencing of course there's like a dissonance there so we, i don't really know a ton about jane outside of her work either like we don't really see her as a personality, aside from when she's selling Tropicana. No, exactly. And she's that woman doing loves a, to sell you Tropicana. And she's selling Tropicana as Jenna Maroney. As but, Jenna um, Maroney. Yeah, it's true. Happy New Year. Hi, Jane. Trop 50, everyone. Mm. Here's to a new look in the new year. What do you think? Wow. Fantastic. They had to scrape off quite a few layers. Ouch. You look amazing. Wait, not on me. On the apartment. You actually thought I had work done? You just look so great. You actually thought I had work done. <laughs> Trop 50 vitamin enhanced juice beverage. 50% less sugar and calories than the leading orange juice. The bullets here are basically, they're iconic Daily Mail bullets and they are so good at just doing the the, the explaining up it's at like, the top. It's like, don't even read do the here. article. Just don't read, read the article, the bullets. just read the bullets. And basically the bullets are telling you that everyone in the West Village knew this was happening. They'd been seeing them ha around for months. He wooed her, he wooed her, wooed her. She resisted, she resisted, she resisted until finally she was like, she succumbed to his, you know, pillows and roses and was like, uh, let's have a little romance. They had a weekend together at a Hamptons beach house. And I love this detail that it was rented, which is so funny. Um, But then the last two bullets are so good and we will be no doubt talking about these at the Hoomies. when approached by dailymail.com krakowski denied even knowing lindell and said only i've never met the man lindell said colon quote i have never even heard of jane krakowski question mark question mark question mark which suggests this was done over email or text <laughs> i just three question marks Sorry, according to one former friend, former friend, Jane was a huge fan of Obama and her viewpoint by nature of her business in the Broadway audience that she plays to and calls her boys certainly speaks Democratic. Or <laughs> you're just like, she has gay fans. She must be a Democrat. But like certainly Jane was a huge fan of Obama and certain her business certainly speaks Democratic is that if anything, that suggests that she's a Republican. Like it could because That's it's so <laughs> weird. Because that it's refusing so to say anything. To so the weird thing about this is that they're saying not only are they saying this isn't true, now the My Pillow CEO is threatening to sue them. And I think that's important. I mean it just just happened, but like it's really easy to threaten to sue. It's a different story if you actually sue. And I feel like if he doesn't actually sue them, then this is true. And I feel well, like he's the... threatening to sue, and apparently he got the a lawyer that is famous for these kind of libel suits. But the... I just don't think the Daily Mail, I don't think who's so been either. sued time again and again, wouldn't have some. They, they had to have had their 
their my pillows in a row. They had to have their pillows in a row. You know, they if had they to were going to have their this. pillows in a row. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But then like, you have like weird because obviously the story is so absurd. It's like the perfect. We there are plenty of stories like this that we talk about like a few times a year where it's just like the the pairing is so unexpected that you can't help be fascinated even if alone you don't care about these people. So it's like all these places page six business insider daily beast they're all reaching out to them via text and email because apparently these people are and they're all getting good statements they're giving the good stuff the good stuff so jane releases now you can tell she she got a writer on this one jane has (laughs) never met mr lindell she is not and has never been in any relationship with him romantic or otherwise she is however in full-fledged fantasy relationships with brad pitt reggae jean page and kermit the frog and welcomes (laughs) Any and all coverage on those. But You're then like, Paige, who's, who's, who subbed in the writer on that one? And here is also important that we pasted in. Page six knew about this. So page six heard the rumors in November and they they held it. They slept on it. I guess they didn't have enough. Page um, six first heard rumblings about the relationship back in November. But at that time, a friend of the actress told us, I don't know where this silly rumor came from, but it was circulating a while back and went away. And now it's back again. I don't get it. So they had a source that said like this is kind of just one person or this is ridiculous this is clearly not happening but she says a while back which leads me to believe that the while back refers to the summer so i guess when they were allegedly in the hamptons if they were in the hamptons that's when the rumor actually got started which is funny because they keep saying the west village the west village but it's like if they were in the hamptons wouldn't they be the hamptons people would be the ones seeing Mm -hmm. them i don't know my favorite statement my favorite statement came from business insider so business insider reaches out to my pillow guy over text message which is iconic and he writes back i have this is a quote i've never been to the ham to that hamptons that hamptons never been to that hamptons or west village ever also i don't even know who this lady was <laughs> he's standing by the fact that he doesn't know who this lady i is. don't know who this lady was it's like the earnest i don't know her is jane Krasky who are them We've done this before. Uh, I know, but that's what I'm saying. She's kind of on the line. I think she's a who. I think she's a who. Really? Yeah. I think my pillow guy is honestly more of a them than Jane Krakowski. Really? Well, because he's been in. The, he's been in the. And I. Well, here's he's my been thing. in the conversation for this year. Here's my reason. Like, you know why recently. she's a who? Why? How many times have you said Jenna Maroney instead of Jane Krakowski? <laughs> well, they're the same person to me. Even exactly. though, even though she's had many, many, many roles, this is not like it's not like it's Jane Krakowski's only role. Yeah. But, but Jenna Maroney is that iconic of a character, and it is very much her. It's kind of like Tracy Morgan, a, Tracy... Uh, Tracy Jordan. Tr- yeah. yeah. <laughs> to me, um, one and the same. Tracy Morgan, Even Tracy Tina Fey. Even Tina Fey is, is, is Liz Lemon. Like, it's not... I mean, that's how, that's how 30 Rock was... That's how good 30 Rock was. <laughs> I feel like Tina's more Liz than Tracy is Tracy, and Jenna is Jane. Right, I but like, I would, but I wouldn't mix up Tina with Liz. But I would maybe say Jenna Maroney by accident instead of Jane Krakowski, yeah, and I maybe sure. would say Tracy Jordan instead of Tracy Morgan by accident. If you're really going to do this, you better get a move on right now. There are models waking up from their coke binges, multi-ethnic bartenders with daddy issues, former ballerinas who had to quit because their boobs got too big. They're going to hear about the horny billionaire, and Thad's going to forget all about his little crush. They're coming, Liz. <laughs> That's their stilettos. Versus every once in a while when there's like a really hyped up episode of Versus, which is the, which is a now like an Apple music show, but it was originally independent. That's, uh, but I think it might be back to being independent. I don't know. The point is, is that 
this is a weird one. And also, but of course, Keisha Cole versus Ashanti is relevant to us because yes. I feel like, uh, you know, these, this is this is in our wheelhouse, I would say. So I was really excited for a Keisha Cole versus Ashanti. I'm like, how is Ashanti not going to win this one? And but it's they... fine. There's no really no winner and there's no loser. <laughs> and, then they, but and, then they, and then they push it back. Then they push it back. They push it back twice because Ashanti got COVID. Because Ashanti, as you know, because we know, because we covered this, went to fucking Kenya with with Demi, Demi Rose, Rose of Daily Mo- of Daily Mail fame, the de- the Demi that no one knows, not Demi Lovato, not uh, Demi Moore, not Demi Burnett, Demi Rose, the one that literally no one knows, who's always in the Daily Mail, who literally her job is she wears a bikini. That's it. Literally went to Kenya with a group of people and Ashanti was there, right? And so Ashanti gets back and is like, oops, I have COVID. It's like, how did I get it? And it's like, you went around the world with people from all over the world. It's like a bubble. The bubble is her. She's like, I have a bubble, but her bubble is an atmosphere. It's like, Ashanti, come on. Right. So... So, so that, so the, 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 whatever, the whole production of everything gets canceled, gets pushed back twice. Finally, last night or two nights ago, oh, I wait, forget. Sorry. It's, it's the premiering. funniest thing is when they pushed it, the one time that they pushed it and they pushed it to the day after the inauguration. Oh my which God, I was that like, was so funny. so funny. That was so funny. And then it got pushed again. Okay. But so go it was, on. So it was, it was going to air, it was airing last night. It's going to happen. I go to my app. I'm like, let's, let me see what's going on with this versus I open it and we have. What I view, and I took a screenshot of this <laughs> so to show good. Bobby. You have Ashanti on top in a silver throne. She's flanked by Ciroc uh, candles and 3D Doritos. Bottom, <laughs> nacho cheese, have nacho cheese. Nacho cheese. And it looks amazing. I would eat those Doritos now. I need those 3D Doritos. Anyways, below her, we have a top and a bottom. A Keisha Cole navy blue throne with flanked by Ciroc and Cool Ranch Doritos. The throne is empty. No one is sitting there. And guess what? <laughs> Who didn't get the queen treatment? For the throne, she didn't get 3D burritos. She only got regular Doritos. I don't think they make 3D Cool Ranch Doritos yet. I don't know yet. who we are to say that. They could have made a special bag for who Keisha Who we Cole, are, I know. I'm if just Ashanti saying, so. asked for 3D Cool Ranch Doritos, Ashanti would have gotten 3D Cool Ranch Doritos. Ashanti? Sis! Can you KC? hear me? I can hear you, mommy. That's lit, that's lit, that's lit. Finally here. <laughs> I don't know who's all attending because at this point we just we running way too behind but you look beautiful you look beautiful you too. look absolutely amazing you look absolutely amazing okay cut too. ashanti up just a little bit please so what's going on how are we about to get this how are we about to get this g thing started <laughs> is is there's the seat is empty and i'm like where's keisha and ashanti's just like vamping like she's just like talking chatting i'm like where the fuck is keisha cole I leave. I kind of forget to go back. I go back I later. She's there. Blah, blah, blah. I didn't really think about it. Anyways, it comes out later that Asha- that Keisha Cole was an hour late to the verses. Over an hour. Over, Over an, an hour. Over an hour late because she wasn't happy with, like, the quality of her sound. It was very vintage verses, which I loved. Mm. It was very, very messy. It was very much like the equipment wasn't working. And she said, I want to apologize for not sitting my in that seat, okay? Because I was there and I should have sat down. I should have just sat in the seat, no matter if I felt like, you know, the the visual wasn't clear or, you know, I didn't, they said my music wasn't gonna be right or whatever it was, you know what I'm saying? I think that more so than anything, people wanted me to sit. Be present. 
It's present. funnier knowing that she was just in the wings. She was there. She just wasn't in the chair. She said, you know, they got to fix the internet connection because you know you're going to be experiencing another situation. <laughs> you know, like Teddy Riley. Oh, my God. Oh, the, the Teddy the Riley cursed, one. Disaster. The cursed verses. I think the picture looks fine. I'm actually quite confused. I also, like, am confused as to when we went from going from having them in the same room like Brandy and Monica to back in these, like, separate rooms. Like, what is, did verses, like, go independent again? Like, I'm just confused. It's really, it's really weird what's happening with verses but this is true verses like verses is supposed to be sort of chaos and every episode supposed is supposed to be, to be a little pure different chaos yes it's supposed to be pure chaos the empty throne is absolutely iconic it's right. it's great ashanti just on top being like i'm gonna win this you know i'm gonna win this i can play every single j-lo hit out there that's all me that's all my voice <laughs> next time i get asked if i have plans i'm gonna be like oh sorry i have plans oh yeah what are your plans i'm sitting at home eating 3d doritos and lady gaga oreos on the couch like those are my plans <gasps> Those are I my plans. I would love... Where do I get these 3D Doritos? I want them so badly because while I love Lady Gaga Oreos, this is what I'm more interested in actually consuming. Exactly. 3D Doritos are also easier, going to be easier to find than a specialty cookie. I love I 3D think. Doritos. Yeah, oh, me too. I love the shape. I love when they came in that little like round canister thing and you mm-hmm. could just like... They were tiny. Oh, <laughs> texture. I got to find texture. them. Maybe I'll look today. Maybe yeah. I'll look today. What's <laughs> next here? Rita? Rita. What was she wearing? Where was she seen? She posted what on Instagram? She's the Who Queen. Tens of people want to know all about the number one Who. Lindsay Bobby, tell us now. What's Rita Ora up to? Who is this woman? Rita's doing disgust. When you, when Lindsay sent me this, I like wanted to throw up. When was this? A few days ago when you sent me this? Her yeah. teeth? Ugh. Ugh. Sometimes I miss Rita's stories. I mean, I know we should be on top of this, but sometimes I miss them. But when I see them, I always click because I don't want to miss them. And this one was truly, I'm so happy I clicked. She posted, this is clearly Spawn, but she posted Impression Kit, Milk and Honey London. And I guess it's like some tooth spawn that she was doing, you know? Mm-hmm. But she posted the clay impressions that she did of her own teeth. And for some reason, they're like the color of like peach and tangerine kind of mixed together like a tie dye. Mm-hmm. They're kind of cool and looking. And they're but disgusting. Gross. Like the color dis- is cool. Yeah, but it's disgusting to have posted this. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's gross. I got a full body shiver from these teeth. It's very like forensic files, you know, clay molds like I get that like she's doing spawn, but I'm also like, what are you doing? What does she do? What is she going to do with the milk and honey kit? What does that do? I don't know. I didn't even look up what milk and honey was, which I guess is my own mistake. Maybe like straighten her teeth or whatever. I don't know. You know what it's for? What? It's for making uh, like grills and gold teeth and stuff like that. So they they make custom... They make custom tooth stuff, and so you you send in a mold, and then they'll make like a little then ring or a grill or a gold for tooth. Your teeth. Yes, and it's custom made for your teeth. Rita's one. Rita's worn teeth jewelry before. Yeah. That's yeah. makes that tracks for her. Okay. okay, interesting. She also cut a, a striking figure in a quirky ruffled puff ball gown as she posed backstage at the Massinger UK. Oh. It was okay. Well, it she's okay. She's always cutting a striking figure, so this isn't necessarily news. You know, but the big news of the week comes from the sun because the apparently sun. Rita Ora is has a comeback single that's on its way out. I think they looked up the art, the records of the song 
The songwriting like, credits thing, yeah. Yeah, I think they looked it up because they said, oh, it's by uh, Dan Smith from Bastille mm-hmm. and MNEK, M-N-E-K who K, does yeah. a lot of songwriting for pop stars and actually has some songs of his own. Yeah, MNEK has written for a ton of people. So it it's a big, I mean, this is this is big news that she's getting a, uh, a fancy schmancy songwriting team to write her comeback single. But the problem is it's called Flame. <laughs> There's already a Flame, Rita. It's literally called Flame. So either this flame is going to flame out or it's going to be the new Flame Friday. We're going to have to alternate frame, Flame Fridays. We, we haven't celebrated Flame Friday in a while, but we could use a new flame. If we have two Flame Fridays, we won't get burned out on a single flame. How's nice. that? How's nice. that? We nice. won't get burned out on a single flame if we can alternate between Tanache Flame Friday and Rita Ora Flame Friday. So apparently Flame is set to feature in Twist, which apparently is actually coming out in four days. Three days if you're hearing this tomorrow, which you are. January 29th on Sky. It's getting trash reviews, well, but I don't care. There's only one so far. There's only one review so far published on The Telegraph, and it is a one out of five. It says, Twist is a Dickensian disaster. What did Michael Caine do to deserve this? <laughs> Goes on to say, Martin Owen's adaptation of Oliver Twist is a baffling fudge in which no one knows what they're up to and the dialogue is unspeakable. So I was like, control F, Aura. And we have this paragraph. I don't know where to begin with Rita Ora's costumes, but her reactions in the thick of breathless pursuit are quite something. Quote, relax, man. The cops packed it in way back is the first thing we hear her say. Quote, he left the old bill for dust, comes later. One minute, she's in a flappy leather aviator hat. Then it's a tidy winter coat and triangular shades. They've thought this... They've thought through a specific look for each time she overacts running around a corner. You could throw her clothes in one big pile and call it an Urban Outfitters sample sale. Oh my god! It's it's like, why are you being so mean about her costume? You're being so mean! Also, like, it's Rita Ora. Of course they're gonna dress her up. She isn't a good actress. This we person all know has that. no idea what Rita Ora is famous for. Come on. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, join the club, we, but. I mean, I was going to say, who knows? Like, we barely know. But I, but it's still disrespectful. I mean, I can't <laughs> wait to watch Twist. <laughs> yeah, I hear. I mean, I'm not surprised it's it's not good. But I do think it'll be good in a at least a three-star way, not in a one-star way. I'll get well, a lot of enjoyment after, of seeing, like, you know, Jude Law's son and Rita Ora interact. Raph. Raph. Who do you think has the better movie this year? Raph Law's Twist or Jude Law's The Nest? Oh, The Nest is amazing. Come on. What if we like Twist more than The Nest? We're not going to like Twist more than The Nest. (laughs) Okay. So thank you for listening to another episode of Who Weekly. We're done. Call in at 619-WHO-THEM to leave questions, comments, and concerns. Uh, What else can you do? Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Love your reviews. Support us on Patreon.com slash WhoWeekly for twice weekly bonus episodes. Thanks to Katie and Eric of The Who's for our Rita Ora theme song. Couldn't do it without them. And we'll see you on Friday with another Who's There. Bye. Bye. You will, Jayla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to know. Hey.